Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Empire of the Cop podcast. It's been a while, um, but we've got a very special guest uh, to make up for it. Uh, with Peter Kenny-Jones and myself, Farrah Keeling, here today, we have via play and ESPN journalist, um, and I may butcher this, uh, Jon Orgafjortoft. Yeah, it's Jon, good. Thank you very it's much. Good. That's good. That's good. We'll take that. We'll take yeah, that. We'll Jon, take thank that. you very much for joining us today and how are you doing? Pleasure. Brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Well, I mean, we brought you here today uh, initially to speak about uh, that tweet you published um, back on the 11th of January about that man, the Borussia Dortmund star, Jude Bellingham. Um, You you spoke specifically about it following uh, the Haaland script. Again, another Dortmund player having to choose between um, European royalty uh, in Spain and in England, Madrid, Liverpool, can't discount uh, Manchester City uh, as influence on that of course, um, he's being tugged in in so many different directions, and and the story, the narrative seems to keep changing and evolving in terms of which club is in the lead, which club isn't in the lead. Um, you talk. Th- there were some reports earlier about an alleged off alleged offer being made to Bellingham's family, potentially Liverpool offering his father a scouting job. Um, I, mean, I just want to get your impression of those reports and whether they're complete nonsense or if there's any basis in that and also linking, of course, to your tweet. Yes, first of all, it's a pleasure to be on. Uh, and yeah, the Bellingham saga, I was just thinking because at the moment Dortmund are in Marbella uh, in, in Spain and re- remember the same thing happened in the Erling. There was always reporting him signing Real Madrid shirts. Uh, Marca had so many front pages of him and whatever he did, if he said gracias, that was a sign of him going to Spain or to Real Madrid. <laughs> and it was all those kind of things. So so we, we love we love a good transfer saga. It's a bit um, nerve-wracking if you are the club who are competing with someone else. And there are different strategies how to get players. You you have a tendency to say that uh, Manchester City over the years, they're they're more behind it's not a lot leaking out. They're just getting their players. Liverpool's sometimes the same, but Liverpool, because it's a, it's a world brand, it seems always to be so speculations what they do and what they don't do. So I think that Bellingham, young player from Dortmund, uh, is a good friend of Erling Haaland. I think they, they kind of, not only is the transfer saga similar, I think that is a lot of the choices they are to have made, Erling has made that choice, is the same with with, uh, with Jude Bellingham. Uh, I, I think that as a football player, I mean, there are so many great clubs. I have been fortunate to play for great club, but I haven't have clubs, but I haven't played for the most famous ones. And there's a lot of famous clubs around the world and to be, be linked with, with the likes of Liverpool, Real Madrid and all the other English clubs or Barcelona or Bayern Munich. I mean, that is, that is fantastic. But having said that, uh, I think that the Bellingham family uh, I follow this kid since he came to Dortmund because at the same time, more or less, that I start following intensively Erling, I was so impressed by, by Jude Bellingham. Not only what he did on the pitch, but because that is another story. Uh, he's a player who can play a number six, he can play a number eight, he is a leader, he can even turn into a number 10 and, and being both a playmaker and a goal scorer and goal provider. But this is one of the most professional one of the most polite, one of the most lovely footballer I've ever met. 
that's why it annoys me sometimes when I read speculations and maybe there are a cousin or a double cousin who speaks too much. I don't know. But what I do know that the family Bellingham or team Bellingham, there's not nothing on that they will say yes to a club earlier or they will speak about something earlier. They will do it in a proper way. And yes, there's maybe Liverpool and Real Madrid are the big favourites to get him. They are certainly Liverpool need that kind of player. And then you just get a feeling that the Manchester City will kind of lurk around there. Uh, and when, when I read that about uh, they're offering him the whole family a job, I think that that is, that is normal, that those kind of uh, considerations are made by, by a club. Uh, although Liverpool forgot his mother because everybody says the mother is very important for his career, so they have to find her something as well. So probably you have a, 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 a mother Bellingham, a CEO soon at Liverpool. But but that, I think that is quite normal. It's much more normal to that than people think. It's also quite normal the thing that we saw during the World Cup when you saw all Liverpool player flirting big time with Jude Bellingham. I asked uh, John, uh, I asked uh, Henderson after the game, and he, he got a knock in his eye, so it was not like he was crying over the question. But I asked him if he'd been an agent for him, and uh, uh, he, he didn't want to confirm it. But believe me, a lot of more of these things happening in, in big transfers fee is that people call them. I remember the Erling, there were pictures of him meeting players coincidentally, uh, in holidays, and I made a documentary about uh, about him, and then he told me a lot of Manchester City players had got in touch with him to try to convince convince him to come to Manchester <laughs> City. So believe me, the Liverpool players got the telephone number of Jude Bellingham and is used. Well, hopefully, yeah, they're using it in the right way. Cause we saw, as you said, <laughs> in the World Cup, Trent and Endo were definitely trying to tap him up a bit, weren't they? So, but obviously, you've said there that the, the Bellingham family are going to do this the proper way, and it looks very obvious that it's going to be a deal that's going to be in the summer. But then, with Liverpool maybe not performing as well as we have been in the past couple of years, Champions League football certainly isn't assured for us at the moment. Do you think that would have an impact on, on a possible deal for Bellingham? Like, will we need to be in the Champions League to get him? No, I don't think you need to be in the Champions League to be there because what you have learned, I mean, we can only assume and make analysis based on what he has done so far in his career. Uh, there were reports uh, that he has been in touch with so many different clubs before he went to Dortmund and Dortmund was his project. He wanted to to uh, develop. He wanted to develop into the player he is. And again, it reminds me of the saga with Erling Haaland. He got a lot of offers. He could go to Juventus. He get to Salzburg. He could go to English football, then he went to Dortmund and so on. So, so I think that, without knowing it, but, but what, based on what I, what I know about Team Bellingham, they will have a look. That this will be a five, six-year plan. Where will he develop next? So there, there are years that you don't come into Champions League. Chelsea could happen this year. Liverpool, as you're saying, although I think Liverpool will do it, but they, they, they could be in and around there. So what I got a feeling with the people in and around him, it won't count. But of course, it's good when you are an ambitious young player that to be in the, in the Champions League. So I, I think it's more like the prospect of going in there. And I, I, we will probably talk about it. But of course, Jurgen Klopp is a, it's a major, major ambassador for Liverpool Football Club here. Mind you that he is a... Is a Big, big mate of the CEO of Dortmund, Watzke. 
So he knows everything about Jude Bellingham. He got probably some spies in and around the club that still report to him. If he said in a a half a sentence that Liverpool is a great place, I would love to go there. Uh, And then there's another thing as well. I think that we also learned from the the Holland saga, I think, again, based on my uh, analysis, is that somehow football players tend to think that um, the holy grail of football, as a Liverpool man, you will say that it's Liverpool uh, and then Bayern Munich or Manchester United or Chelsea or whatever. But, you know, football players think that Real Madrid is something about Real Madrid. There is something magical about that white club, white shirt, Di Stefano, Puskas, Perens Puskas and, and, uh, and the Galacticos and so on. But I think that some of these players, these young players, these sensible players, think that maybe Real Madrid will be the end station. So where do you go after Real Madrid? Uh, And I think that maybe it's just, uh, again, my uh, uh, analysis is that maybe players think that Jude Bellingham could maybe think that, well, I can come to, I can play once in, in my lifetime for Real Madrid, but at this stage of a career, I take the next step and then is the next step, step to go home. Having said that, it's not easy to get offers from Real Madrid. I was uh, team manager for Norway as Martin Erdegaard was 16 years of age and he went to uh, Real Madrid. And at that time, the consideration was that there was a second team there uh, coached by a quite well-known guy called Zinedine Zidane, uh, who was, uh, and that was the major thing to, to kind of educate him. But, uh, of course, Jude Bellingham is now an English uh, thick starter for England and is one of the biggest prospects. But those kind of considerations could, consideration could also be done by players. Uh, at least Team Haaland did that. I mean, you've mentioned about a five- to six-year Plan. So I think the thing that's been very clear, as you mentioned from the off, from Jude Bellingham, even when he was a young player at Birmingham City, is it's um, him and his family are very captivated by the project and by the plan. They don't just want the next big club. It's got to work for the long term future um, of the player. With that in mind, it, it might then lean him towards a move to the Premier League follow, following an Erling Haaland's sort of footsteps. Are there any other assurances that Liverpool? can offer beyond, of course, having Jurgen Klopp as a manager, beyond the desperate need for a midfielder and the the clear fit there that he would provide? What surprised me most when I worked on the documentary of Erling Haaland, I I, I played with his dad when I was uh, in the national team with him. But what surprised me enormously was the the details of the assessments, the, the investigations they did by club. And they had a system, they had a table where they took 10, 12 points and, of, of a club that could be stadium, that could be, be uh, uh, how many midfield order for them, how many strikers do they have, Lewandowski is in Bayern, Benzema is in Real Madrid, Manchester City didn't have a striker, so obviously that would be more points for Manchester City and then kind of that could change in and around. And they were very specifically on that, the manager's, played a role, but, but, but if you do a project for five, six years, and as, as we know, our top international football, I mean, uh, Klopp would probably be there a couple of three more years, but you don't know if it will be the five or six years. So when, when Erling Haaland, and the, I, I do reference to Erling Haaland all the time because the path and the saga is so 
likely to, to go the same way. So when they came to um, to Salzburg, for example, uh, Jesse March just left. Uh, so they had a new coach. So if if they took the whole decision based on that, they will uh, they w- would have maybe got less points. I'm not saying sometimes you do that out of stomach feeling that I have to do it and things like that. So if we use that system, uh, I, I used a bit of time to answer that question because if we use that, I would think that a stadium, Anfield, atmosphere, history, uh, plus, plus, plus. Okay, Real Madrid got that as well. Uh, he is from England. Okay, where will that be a points on his table if he's using the same kind of system? Uh, uh, of course, the, everybody sees as Liverpool are desperate to get a Jude Bellingham in the team. Okay, how do we then compare that with Real Madrid? Cross is there, Modric is there, but for how long? And so all these kind of things will be taken into considerations when you do that. And I guess that for a Jude Bellingham, it's also the point to go home, to get home, to go, go to Premier League, to, to prove yourself in the, in, the, in, in the Premier League. But basically for everything Jude Bellingham will do, he will do it in a proper way. And, and as you see, everybody said that he's going to have a, a talk with Borussia Dortmund this week at the, at the training camp. But, and he's probably had, his entourage has probably been in Marbella doing this meeting with, with Dortmund. But still, nothing has leaked out. And I will ask football fans to notice that. Everything that Bellingham is doing so far, be a bit sceptical to everything people saying, family said that, friend of the family said that. I always try, I'm not saying that people should follow me all the time, but I'm just, I always say, I say where my sources are. And I always say when it's my opinion. And that is a big difference. Uh, so Team Bellingham has so far been very, very, very good at doing it the proper way. And believe me, they will respect Borussia Dortmund because there is a big difference between Erling Haaland and Jude Bellingham is there is a no clause. So... So it was quite easy with Erling. Everybody who activated his clause was in the race, and then it was up to player. But now there's another story, and Dortmund will be very, of course, decisive uh, in that. Yeah, well, hopefully Dortmund made the right decision and time to go and join their <laughs> old mate Klopp at Anfield. Um, obviously, we've, we've, obviously, it's a pleasure to have you on, and we know that you're, um, you've shown you're a transfer expert, you're an ex-pro. But also, you're um, a great interviewer as well. So we just wanted to ask you while you were here, like, what is it you do? Because you seem to get the the longest and, and the best interviews out of players. And obviously, they come over to England, and obviously, you're not part of like the English press who are doing it. So how is it that you build such a good rapport with you know, Liverpool players from our end and everyone who you interview? Well, thanks first of all for the compliment. Uh, I think it's it's um, it's legwork. You just have to be there. You have to build up your credibility. Uh, and uh, of course, it's an advantage for me being a footballer myself back in the days, although the press hysteria around the big clubs and also 2023 is different in my time back in the uh, old, old days. But I think it's, it, I always, go, when I go into an interview, I don't want to interview them. I want to have a chat with them. I want to listen to them. I want to understand why, what they're thinking. Uh, and, and then... Basically, I've got a great respect for them. I have a great respect. Yes, I've, I've known Jurgen Klopp for many, many years. But still, I have to respect Liverpool Football Club. I have to, have to respect Jurgen Klopp. Uh, I don't want to 
provocate him, at least not in the first question, because you have to get him going. But I want to, to understand the position he is on. Sometimes we, when, when a club comes off a pick, Klopp is one of the best ones in terms of he's going for it. So if they could, so the head of communications, there was a, two questions, two questions with Oleguna Solskjaer back in the days. That could be, even for me who played with him, could be 32 seconds. Two questions with Jurgen Klopp could be, this is your life on TV. Uh, I remember <laughs> once I, in, I, I, I interviewed Klopp after Dortmund knocked out Real Madrid in the Champions League. I asked him one question uh, and he answered for two minutes and 45 seconds. At the end, I was holding up my hand because I was holding my microphone. <laughs> I was getting weak. So, so for me, I, I, want to take, I want to take the... First of all, I'm a football lover. Uh, I love my job. I love the passion of my football game. But I would like to, to take the football fans, the ones who are sitting in the sofa, I want to take them into the environment of the player. So I like these things that if, if a player take a penalty, I would say, were you nervous or whatever? I would like to say, I would start always my questions. So, so it's 10 minutes to go. There is a penalty. You're standing in front of the yellow wall. 30,000 expected. Try to describe what's going on in your head. And that is difficult, different than, say, were you nervous? Because that is, yes, of course I was nervous. But, but I, I would like to, to bring people in the dressing room. I had fantastic years in the dressing room. And when I see a Jurgen Klopp, I also see a young kid who loves his football, uh, who went the same way as we do, who were a passionate fans of his clubs. Uh, and then I always think that they, they have to play their role. Somehow as well, I've got a great connection with Conte. I love to interview him because he's so desperate honest he's like he is so he is the saddest man alive when Tottenham is losing a game which they then and then again would do so so I had him for a couple of months ago and he said yeah but you tell me yeah and I did say yeah do you but you tell me you tell me and I said but sorry I'm not the Spurs manager you have to tell me and then at the, at the end of the interview he said yeah 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 you ask him and I said do you want me to ask the cameraman what Spurs is doing wrong? <laughs> and, and, I, and I love also that little banter because we, we need to have that little smile. I think that people take football, we should take football seriously, but never forget that football is passion, it's smile, it's everything. And, and I think that is the way also as an interviewer or need to connect with, with the people. I had Grealish, the last game I did in England, we did him at Stanford Bridge. It's very... For the for, we, sit, we are in different room uh, rooms, small rooms, and one of them is the female official dressing room, and there is a shower in there. So I knew that my youngest, twenty-year-old Sophia, she loves Jack Grealish, and so my first question was: There is a lot of people I know that would like to be in the shower with us too now, Jack Grealish, blah 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 blah. And then you kind of set the tone for the interview, then, but. Not only banter, but I think that is a part of our football game. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. I mean, I mean you mentioned Jurgen Klopp. Um, I'm just curious whether you've noticed, because at the start of the season, particularly when there were conversations around um, FSG potentially selling the club, um, you know, there were the possibilities in Liverpool fans' minds in terms of oh, who could come in, could it boost our finances, then how does it change our transfer efforts? Jurgen Klopp seemed particularly enthusiastic in his interviews. 
Um, and then over the course of the season and the conversations around setting the club have died down and it appears FSG are taking a step back. He seems to have become, I, I want to say, a bit more inward, a bit more kind of, I suppose, less enthusiastic about the prospects in the summer. I, I, I'm just wondering if you yourself you know, noticed a change in Jurgen Klopp and, and it, why you think that is. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit unfair on the managers because not Liverpool must we must say have been a stable kind of owner. And every time I visit Anfield now, I see how the new stand is is growing. You can see that the club is developing uh, uh, as you see it. But but sometimes it's very unfair to the managers because. Managers are the one who speak to the press all the time. Managers are the one who people kind of reading a body language with them. And you see with Manchester United, I mean, the, the owners never say anything. And you, you see when the ownership goes wrong, how bad that is for a football club. So not only is Jurgen Klopp then uh, in, in, uh, irresponsible for the result in every different uh, tournament or every, every game, he is every day, more or less, need, he, he needs to defend the club. He has to defend his players. He has to defend the finances. He was the one who had to speak about the Super League, as other English managers had to do, and so on and so on. So I can understand that sometimes they're getting too much. And what all these managers have in common, and the most of them in England, they are puko loco. Uh, they are crazy people because there is no one who would voluntarily be in that job without thinking that every day you can break you can break down because you can imagine the pressure a Jurgen Klopp is on uh, and at the beginning of the season it was all it was that was a hope of they challenging and then it's got a bit difficult and then every and then people start saying yeah but what happened in that seventh year Klopp okay if we if we do the numbers not 100% similar but he doesn't like that and then then he is the one that to the world press and Jurgen Klopp is not only talking to you two or me, uh, he's talking to the whole world. And what they also have in common, these strong leaders, because Jurgen Klopp is a strong leader and he's, a, he's an example for a lot of CEOs in other industries, industrial departments. They need to, to create that uh, uh, enthusiasm for everybody involved. I mean, if, if you see as a Liverpool fan, Jurgen Klopp in a bad mood, your day will be a bit bad as well. And and but he 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 is the one who kind of we live and die by results. I'm also a football fan. I always also had my job as a team manager. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, you think that the whole world world goes against you. VAR is against you one Saturday. We love VAR next Saturday, and so on and so on. We love foreign owners, and we we hate English owners. Or and then we it's the other way around. So, so the, the pressure Jurgen Klopp is on, and remember also these strong leaders, they have one principle, is that they have that principle till they get a new principle. And Jurgen Klopp is like that. He, he is a, I mean, there is no one that I know in my, in, among my friends who are talking badly of a Klopp because you see Klopp, you, you know someone is bubbling of energy and intensity. So, but if Jurgen Klopp goes down 5%, you, you can see it. You can see it straight away. And there's a lot of managers in English football as well. You don't know if they're alive or they are dead. And with Jurgen Klopp, you <laughs> always know when he's a bit down, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah, well, okay, well, hopefully he's going to pick his mood up soon. And he's obviously, as you said, he's he's maybe down five percent. He's definitely not down a lot. And hopefully no, a few no, wins, no. and we'll be we'll be straight back up there, and we'll see his big smile once again. But maybe if we can uh, if we can put you on the spot, totally against the advice you just gave me for the yes or no answer. <laughs> but Jude Bellingham, do you think he'll be a Liverpool player next summer? If we can put you on the spot, yes or no. Uh, oh, you, you are no, you, you're hard. No, no uh, English football manager will have a look at the head of communication and say, what's wrong with this guy? I can't answer that. Or they will probably say to you, I would have probably said, you can ask me anything without that. We, we got that message as well. <laughs> you know, I, I've got one thing and you will see that on my tweet. I, I'm, not, I'm not, you said I was a transfer expert. I'm only transfer expert in the players or the people I know. I, Fabrizio Romano, he is one of those. He is like, he's like 12 years of age, and he, and he, but he's the most experienced man. He's like 80 when he's working. He's a fantastic man. So he would, he would know more the, uh, about that. What I would say, and I will, won't calm down, don't read so much into all these kind of things. Don't read so much into 69 front pages in Marca. Just relax. Liverpool are working very, very, very hard to get Jude Bellingham. Do I know Jude Bellingham's decision? No. Do I have I spoken to them? No, not at all. But the good news is nobody else has either. So they, they, you will see. And uh, uh, what, what we do know is that Liverpool work very, very hard to get him. Uh, so uh, I can't say yes. The absolutely lovely uh, Jan Orga Fjortoft. Um, second attempt, I'm not sure if it was better than the first. Um, as ever, Peter Kenny Jones, and I've been your host, Farrell Keeling, and this has been the Empire of the Cop podcast. Take care. Take care.